Some robed figures walk through the the brush and then gather around the square shaft in the ground. There's a one of them among them is uh, brought to his knees and he's terrified and cowers. One of the assembled a guard it looks like with some kind of a ornate face shield on some of them uh, blows a horn. And the and the ceremony, the man is pushed into the into the pit and ends up going down to something growling down below. Back in the in the TARDIS, rather, the um the doctor is listening to K nine read Peter Rabbit to him. And Romana comes out with a box full of stuff she's taken from cleaning out one of the storage rooms and proceeds to go through some of the stuff in there and say how we should really get rid of all this junk. He says, that's junk, not junk. That's, that's important stuff. And there's a huge ball of twine, a rope, and she reads there's a card on it. She says, uh, thank you to the doctor from Theseus. And I forget who else this is. From the Ariadne. Ariadne, right. Um, for helping them escape the, the labyrinth. Um, and then uh, the jawbone of an ass. He says, what did you need that for? And he says, oh, it's not that? Or Anyway, he takes it from him, puts it in one of his many pockets, and says, I'm keeping this. And he refers to her as a philistine. A philistine, yes. Um... And then the last thing she says, and some metallic object with like a little light on top, and says, and, and this transceiver, and says, or what, or what is this? And he tells her, well, it's a transceiver for sending or receiving distress signals from or to Gallifrey. And says, well, I never wanted to hook it up because they're always asking me to do this or that. She says, well, that's what it's for. So she plugs it in, and it activates immediately. And, um, the doctor says, unplug it, unplug it, and he thinks that it may have malfunctioned, but as they're discussing this, they realize that, oh, they've already landed. So the doors open, they go out, and it's a very lush jungle, overground, green setting, a little bit of mist and fog on the ground, and start looking around. There's a huge... Um, the doctor calls a huge item sitting in the middle of this forest and the doctor calls it an egg um, and he looks at it and he says he touches it and said it's metallic and it's alive um, he hears this tinkling noise that he they had heard in the TARDIS and tells Ramana this and she wanders around the other side of it looking at, looking at it and the doctor examines it some more with his stethoscope and listens in and he realizes that yes, the shell is the transmitter that he must have been picking up the signal from. But only what or who would it be transmitting to? The, uh, the fog seems to have um, incre- 
priest and there's a rustling noise as the doctor is examining the, the shell some more and then there's more of a rustling noise and the doctor kind of glances over behind him a bit once once or twice and then um, there are these balls of weeds that roll closer and closer and then they attack the doctor roll all over him and vines come out and thorns prickle him and he calls out for Romana um, and then there's a he looks up and there's a local standing there and then another man with a whip and he cracks it and the the balls weed balls <laughs> whatever they we want to call them at this point um roll away from him and as soon as they they leave the doctor alone uh the man says right now that he's they've saved him he's killed him but the doctor says but couldn't you just take me to your leader or something and uh he stands up a, a woman leader who uh, arrives and talks to the guards and you know says, "Well, why are you, what these were the wolf weeds and that attacked you?" and uh, tells a little bit of, about what they are and then and asks him why he's in the place of death and he says, "Well, I didn't know it was the place of death." And then he she asks about. Um, he, the TARDIS and she says that his controller and points to and we see Romana um, says that this is yours so how does this work and the doctor says oh it travels we use it to travel in um, he is arrested and put in stocks a yoke just, um, uh, and they are all uh, to be going to be questioned by Lady Adrasta. Romana is not put in chains or put in restraints. She's allowed to walk free of them. Um, the doctor mentions to Romana that he, he knows they're being followed. We see sort of face in the brush and watching them as they go by. And the next thing we know, there are natives that have out of the brush and fur lined or fur uh, clothing patched together, very bedraggled looking, um, and they ambush them. Romana is taken captive, and um, the other woman says that they are bandits. And she says, well, will they take Romana? She says, well, if they've taken her, she can just hope for a quick death, which concerns the doctor, of course. But they continue on their way to see Lady Adrasta. In the, uh, where the bandits reside, we see one of them looking at um, some of the booty that they've stolen from others. And then the new ones come in and they brought Romana. And the older bandit says to her, why did you bring her? And the younger one says, well, she might be a lady in waiting for Lady Adrasta. Maybe we can ransom her. He says, oh, don't be silly. If she's, she doesn't have any metal on her, she's of no value at all. We should kill her. And then they argue over whether who is right, the older bandit or the, the younger one, whether they should kill her or not. 
they arrive at Lady Adrastus. The doctor is uh, made to wait outside in the antechamber while the woman goes in to talk with the lady. Um, doctor says to the guards that he has an itchy nose. And he says, you come over, scratch it for me. He leans forward and then tries to knock them out with his uh, yoke that he's, he's in and goes to escape, but Lady Adrasta has come out of her waiting room and addresses the doctor. She questions him as to why he was uh, in the place of death as he was and um, what he thinks of the object that was there, that they studied it for many, many years and <clears throat> the doctor says, oh, the egg. She says, oh, well, okay. And, uh, she tries to ask him further and he says that, you know, well, his, his, not his commander, but his companion, Ramana, had been taken by bandits and he's worried about her. And Lady Adrasta says, You're too bright a man to be cons to be that I would consider to be in a subordinate position to uh, Ramana, his controller. They had said, and he says a subordinate position. Then he realizes that she's complimenting him, and so she says that she will send a search party out to find Ramana. Um, and. If she's lucky, they'll, the bandits will just kill her quickly. If not, they'll kill her slowly. Um, and speaking of killing Ramana, they have what, cast lots or something like that to uh, vote it on whether to kill her or not. And they, the vote to kill her has won. But she says, uh, oh, I don't think he'll do that. Because I, she argues the point and says that, you know, whoever this lady Adrasta is that um, they fear her, they should spare her because killing her would just be a form of suicide. That she would, um, this uh, lady Adrasta might be upset if she were to be killed. And they ask who she is, and she says, Well, she says how, they, how dirty and grubby they are, and she says that she is a time lady and she's not used to their. Their hairy, grubby nature. And then she pulls out of her pocket a little piece of metal and says, Oh, you know what this is? Oh, it's metal. It's metal. Let me look at it. And they just pass it around. She says, Well, you blow on it. But she shows the little dog whistle and they each blow at it. And then one, the oldest, actually blows on the whistle. And then we hear, we see canine scanners perk up. And, Whistles blown again, and canine is shown as responding, and the TARDIS is going to leave. Lady Adrasta, um, still pressing the doctor on what this object is, what the egg is, and um, the sounds it makes. How does he know? You know, why is it making sounds? Who is it making sounds for? Um, and she brings in uh, her engineers, Doran and. Holland, she introduces them as, and they've given several reports and studied it for many years, and they, one of them gives their ideas of what this could be, and the doctor just poo-poo's it, and says, 
silly. It's this. No, it's a shell. And uh, Lady Adrasta takes the doctor aside and says that um, Tolan, the engineer who had given his his idea of what it was, says, oh, you failed me. And uh, you know what the punishment of that is. And Toland is in, um, taken away. And the doctor, uh, she tells the doctor to, to come and he'll see what's going to happen next. He, uh, is for a second time, expresses interest in like a metal shield that's on the wall. It's a really interesting material and he asks about it and Lady Drasta does not uh, answer him, but he touches it again as he leaves. The canine comes to Mani's rescue and she introduces him, this is my dog, my metal dog, which they think is extremely valuable. So they try to say, well, you know, you're not leaving with him. If you leave with, try to leave with him, you don't leave. And the older uh, of the three, who we learn is Torvin, Ainu and Edu are the other two. They say, uh, the older one throws an axe, goes to throw an axe at her, and K-9 blasts him and stuns him. And so K-9 and Romana leave their tent area. So the doctor has been taken to this pit that we saw in the beginning of our episode. The, one of the guards blows a horn, and we hear growling from below, and Toland begs, um, falls to his knees, the doctor then also pleads, says, you know, why kill him? He's so he's a bit of an idiot, but why why send him, you know, to his death? But she says, she's hearing none of it, and Toland is thrown in. So she says, now will you cooperate, doctor? And Romana comes up with K-9, and the doctor warns her off. She says, no, it's all right, I have K-9. And a guard comes to attack them. And canine blasts the guard to stun him. But then the one of the party is the man with the whip who can control the wolf weeds. And he cracks the whip and the wolf weeds cover canine and he's incapacitated. Ramana is upset over canine. Um, as if that he's really perished or something. Um... I'm not quite sure if that was for show or not. Um, Lady Adrasta says that, well, now I have you both, Doctor, and so I'm sure you'll cooperate. And the Doctor stands next to Romana, puts his finger to his nose as to signal to her, and he turns around as if to walk off with the, the party. He grabs a rope that's on a kind of a spindle or spit, uh, spindle near the pit, grabs the rope and heads down the pit, and we end. So Canine gets a new voice. Yes. David Briarly, I think, or Briarsley. Yeah, I didn't catch what it was. I could just tell immediately that it was not John Leeson. It is quite different. Yeah. By comparison. When I think we had... A different voice actor in the last step, last time we saw Canine as it's well. It's this guy, but the yeah. part was so small. Yeah, he barely says two things, two yeah. words really. I think so. You could tell. I could tell then it was somebody else, and they said that it was John Leeson who left the show. Um, but we didn't really hear very much of him. 
and I guess it's fine. You just get used to the way the character sounds, mm -hmm. and then it's it's not the same. And then the character regenerates, or something like that. <laughs> Voice is totally different. So does K nine regenerate? <laughs> is he a Mark three now? Let's see. He would probably be. First oh, one was cool. destroyed. Right. Well, yeah, the Mark One was the one that the professor had on the right. It was Roman. And then Maybe. Mark Two his went with box Sarah said, Jane. Yeah, his box said Mark Two. And then did he have to rebuild him? So then he had rebuild him, rebuilt him after giving. On one of the Key of Time episodes, he had to be rebuilt. Well, he was repaired in Stones of Blood, so I don't know if he was re if he was yeah. All right, no, so we're thinking maybe four. Yeah, he's four. he's well up there now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a different. Um, and it just it stands out a bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. More than just a bit. Yeah. He gets left in the TARDIS for most of the episode. Till the till near the end anyway. Till they call him again. Well but then he doesn't I I don't think he speaks, does he? Much. When the, when he's Just when he's opening the door. Yeah. Okay. Oh well he says, Yes, I'm coming, I'm coming like because they blew the whistle twice he's so it's canine with attitude. And canine knows which whistle it is, apparently. Yeah. Elijah, I didn't mention it. Is Elijah on the planet Chloris, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We learned that the woman who um, first uh, questions the doctor uh, when he's been attacked by the wolf weeds is Madame Corella. Something like that. Yeah. And his lady, Adrasta, calls, mentions her by name, and sends her off to do something. Um, so we learn that. And the three bandits, of course. Well, I thought you were going to mention who the old lady is. That oh, you go ahead, because I missed some of, of that. She was the old mother in An Unearth Unearthly Child, or The Cave of Skulls. Oh, okay. She did look a little familiar, but I couldn't... couldn't I could her. tell from the voice. Yeah. It finally dawned on me after a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, seen that episode enough I kind of know the voice now yeah the elder um, woman yes from the tribe the is that the one the doctor makes time with a little for a little bit trying to get information from her oh in the or is that a different one in the Aztecs maybe it's the Aztecs I'm thinking of his girlfriend yeah his fiance actually yeah 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 Different episode, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I had no idea what her name was, but yeah, she. she I looked familiar to me too. Elaine. Ren, Elaine something. Sorry. Yeah. Same. Eileen Way. Eileen. Yeah, so it's always nice to 
picked out people we saw from earlier mm-hmm. Dr. Who's, especially that far back. Yeah. First Doctor, first episode. Wow. Well, we've had a lot of repeaters. Repeaters, yes. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting when you get one with such a gap between her first and her next appearance. Right, because look how many times we've seen um, Philip Maydock. Yeah. And just its fourth doctor, even. We've seen him two, three twice. times. Yeah. Yeah. Might be only two. Regardless. Yes. So, quite a few. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Our planet looks very tropical and mm-hmm. um, really well done. Better than the planet of the Daleks, I think. Where they had all the different shrubbery and um, trees and tropical areas, but I think this looks better. Um, has a better feel about it, I guess. Hmm. It looks complete, you know. Really immersive that they're really in a, a jungle area. Um, and then the smoke gun to give you the mist and the, the fog and mist in, increases before the little roly creatures, wolfweeds, the wolfweeds. attack. I actually found them a little interesting just because they're unusual. The wolf weeds, I mean. Yeah. Like they're bred and, you know, I forget who said, uh, who the uh, Madame Corella says raised them, but the doctor says, maybe you should introduce them to geraniums. Because <laughs> they're nonviolent, you know, they flower instead. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I think they're the best flower, but my grandma always grew geraniums, so mm. it's one of the flowers that stick out in my chat from my childhood. And I'm almost a rhododendron yeah. fan. Of course, I tried, and the deer ate everything last year. Um. But yeah, the wolf weeds are kind of a weird creature. Um, not just a creeper that wraps around and you know, they do in slow motion or back motion, you know, reverse motion or something to wrap it around right. or something like that. Uh, they're kind of a, a weird, like, little ball of weeds, you know, that move and as they cover the doctors, oh, that, that kind of, you know, that hurts a bit, like the thorns getting him or something like that, you know, when you see like a, a creeper kind of wrap, I think kind of wrap around his neck or something too. Mm, I didn't notice they, that. Before they finally call him off. And he calls him off like you would expect. I think it's, or rather, let me back up, I think it's interesting that he uses a whip, like a cattle whip. Oh um, yeah, the trainer guy. The trainer, to, to call him off and to control him. Um, makes you think of tumbleweed, you know, the Wild mm-hmm. West whip thing, you know, and tumbleweed and herding cattle and stuff, and you know, like really wild tumbleweed. So it's like wolfweed. Um, I think it becomes. 
if there is any doubt that it was a uh, female-dominated society, that um, you get the clear me the message clearly when Madame Corella asks the doctor about the TARDIS and refers to Romana as the doctor's controller. Mm -hmm. Commander. 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 Um, and uh, because it, 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 up until that point, it could have been just that you know this woman was an official, and still that that's why the guards were following her when she came when she stepped in and took over that situation. Um, but when she says that, you you kind of know uh, even more. And the fact that Lady Lady. Uh, Adrasta is their leader, of course, and I think it doesn't take long before Romana um, realizes this and uses that to her advantage um, to use a, a threat of um, getting on Lady Adrasta's bad side or something by killing her or to try to shift their views on doing away with her mm -hmm. while she's being held captive. And then she starts in with the uh, more of a denigrating talk to them about them being hairy and grubby and dirty and how she was a, you know, she's not used to that. She's a time lady. And she may not be a lady in waiting to Lady Adrasta, who she doesn't know, but she puts on the, the it's air of authority and um, superiority, which they, um, they are seeming to be taken with a bit, even though she that doesn't get her, win her freedom as much. Yeah. As she was hoping, she has to call on K-9. Yeah, K-9 is the new sonic screwdriver, apparently. I guess so. What gets you out of every situation you get yourself in. She's her protector. If you can blast it or stun it, I guess you need K-9. Pretty much. Well, in the last episode, they had Duggan to do that. <laughs> That's a good point. I guess they put something in there one way or another. <laughs> I hadn't thought of Doug in that way, but you're right. So this was the first episode they recorded with the new Romana. Even though it's her third appearance chronologically, it was the first one they filmed. Oh. Can you tell? I think I no. can a little bit. That's why I'm asking. No. Actually, oh, I, I didn't. She feels just a hair different to me. Mm. More assertive and less amusing, I guess. Compared yeah. to her City of Death, for example. Well, yeah, as compared to City of Death, yes. yes, yes, yes. But, um... I think... She's a little more like she is in Destiny of the Daleks, which mm, is could be. kind of structured to be her first episode as the second Romana. Yeah. Um, so she's a little more, yeah, like you said, a little less fun. It's mm -hmm. funny. Um, although they're separated quite quickly, really once after they get outside of the TARDIS. So... They don't have a whole lot of interaction for her to have 
much in that way mm-hmm. as she did in the last one. They were separated in the last one too, but she was had somebody to talk with and work with, Duggan usually. So anyway. But no, I don't I don't think I could really tell all that much. Mm. That's good. Some of it seems to me like it could be situational in nature rather than it just being that it was actually the first one she filmed. Yeah. Let's see what else it says. Uh, we talked about the atmosphere, the making of the planet. The the costumes look appropriate. They're very ornate, rich, color, dark colored velvets or fabric like that. Anyway, for the for the women's robes and the guards' outfits are similarly colored, deep burgundies and ornate kind of matching face mask of the armed guards and then um, there's a more of a pointed um, kind of ready room receiving room that Lady Ambassador has where the doctor's brought in when they talk and there are like curtains and rich curtains and tapestries and stuff and then there's the tent essentially tent city of the bandits mm-hmm. and they have very uh, like their fur clothing is in tatters and um, very dark and um, rough looking fabric very uh, very evident um, change in the status shown by the costume They say Lady Adrasta, the people are the 1%. Hmm. <laughs> you can tell that from the facial makeup. Mm, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, she, they have, at least she does. She does. She does. She has like a kind of an organic, almost scrolly, leafy kind of a, a framing of it's her framing, face. Yeah, I'd say more of her a frame. face is lighter, you know, more powdered in the middle. And then she has this like light, soft green kind of a frame drawn around the edges. Mm-hmm. Very stylized, very stylish. And, um, it's quite nice, it's quite different. It's not just a, she's not wearing like just a long velvet robe or anything. It's kind of a ornate but soft tucked fabric headdress thing she wears and, and uh, Madame Perella as well has a similar one so it was really it has a nice feel to it and not a lot of effects to really talk about really either there's the only real effect besides the blast of K9 which we're familiar with um, is the rolling of the wolf weeds I think that's the only special type of effect we see, a creature effect. And they, they moved fairly well on their own, I think. Mm-hmm. The only, call it the odd thing, when they moved was when they attacked K-9 because they did the shot in reverse thing. Oh, yeah. 
So the wolf weed sort of jumps up onto him, which is and looks wrong. Should I forgot about that? Well, that whole segment was just kind of strange to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, since they can't destroy canine, I don't know what the point of that was. Yeah. And since we're kind of there, um, does Romana seem like she like oh canine like he stays dead? I, see that I can't tell. I can tell she's just putting on. Yeah. Because she knows he's a robot and he can't, you know, he's seen worse. I mean, like you said, he had to be extensively repaired in um, uh, Stones of Blood mm-hmm. during the Heat of Time season. Had to be hooked up to the TARDIS and machines and um, like on robot life support. So he's battled Ogri. <laughs> What's the wolf weed going to do to him? Yeah. So I don't know if she was just uh, putting on there. I'm guessing she was. I'll have to see. Yeah. I would guess so as well, but I'm not sure. But there are quite a few little mysteries of you know, what could this be and how are they going to explain this or that. You know, there's the big egg that they've been trying to decipher for years, and the doctor says it's an egg, um, and it's transmitting. It's it has a voice. You, I can hear it. Um, and what is this? And how did it get there? And how big a bird could have or a creature could have laid that? And then there's what's in the pit? <laughs> and then there's the little thing they touched upon and. The doctor asks what the shield-shaped metal mm-hmm. on the wall is, and so then he touches it again as he leaves. So I'm sure that will come to be important. Oh, they've made such a big deal out of it already. They it kind of has to come back. Yeah, I'd be disappointed if it's just oh, that's just decorative thing from. We found that like you know, it's got to mean something. It's a long way to episode four, though, so they may forget in the meantime to tell oh. us what's important about it, too. Could be. Might have been edited out, so. Yeah, it might have just been a time waster to have it in here. May have to lose sleep over that one. I'll <laughs> just be disappointed. My life will not be complete if they don't come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, should we get to our ending? Sure. Thing, or do you have any other No, I don't have anything else. So, um, <laughs> your comment to when he says, when she says, well, I have you both, so now you'll, you, now you'll cooperate. What did you say? Oh, I said, she obviously hasn't met the doctor. Yes. You can tell she's new to this situation, to, <laughs> to this, uh, to this person. Um, yeah, because then he immediately just, you know, says, I don't think so. Grabs a rope and heads down the pit. Does, you know, turns the... Turns it around on its head, I think, is what the note said that uh, yeah. the, the script does. Um, turns the cliffhanger off uh, onto a, just a, does a 180 and not what you expect him to do. I thought, actually, they were probably going to end when... Uh, she throws Toland into the pit. And says, now will you cooperate, Doctor? You know, 
you could be next in like a close-up of a doctor, googly eyes or not. Although that's probably a very third doctor thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. I think this is better. Like I say, we still have, we have those mysteries that were introduced to us already to consider. And then now the doctors, you know, pulled into the forefront of those is like, what's down in the pit? Because he's just dived down in there. So it's really, uh, you know, oh, I guess we'll find out what's down there. What could be down there? Given the title of the episode, I think we know what's down there. It's a creature, maybe? I'm guessing. It's a creature that growls. We heard it growling. Uh, Some growling, anyway. Mm. Yeah, I think as I said before, we, uh, uh, after we finished yesterday's episode, that we said we started with creature from the pit. Say, nothing really good comes from a pit, you know. At least not this kind of pit. Yeah. Anything else? No. All right. Join us tomorrow when we talk about episode two of The Creature from the Pit. I hope you join us then, and thank you for listening.